Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Two Friends Watch. I'm Josh. I'm Summer. And we're the two friends. Summer, how are you doing today? I'm feeling a little weird. I What's just that? because I'm reading what you named your set, <laughs> what you named your mic on on Anchor, and I'm not pleased. I'm pretty sure it just says Josh's mic. No, it says sweaty sauce. That must be a glitch in the system. We have to work that out. Oh, yeah. It happens a lot. You would be surprised. Okay, question. Do you think you could make a good meal out of sweaty sauce if your chef is Remy uh, the Rat from Ratatouille? I mean, I bet he could make one. Does that, like, as long as I'm not the one eating it or smelling it. Well, yeah, it'd be for you. Do you think it'd be good if Remy made it? Even if it did taste good, even if he made like it, he made it like gourmet, immaculate, the context of the ingredients will make it disgusting. Interesting. It's just sweaty sauce, probably like boiled, maybe some onions in there. Oh wait, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, I mean, barbecue he... sauce. Oh, that is just as bad as what we're talking about right now. So, um, oh, I'm getting weird reverb. All right, it's gone. Good. So last time we tried to do this last week and then like nothing worked and everything sucked. And we went on for a long time about like soup. (laughs) It was like 20, I remember it was like 27 minutes and 59 and like 49 seconds of us talking about Campbell's soup and like not the trivia. It was it was pretty good soup discussion, so yeah. I mean, as far as soup discussions go, I suppose it probably like number two. Number one was at this funeral I went to, where we talked about you know Campbell's versus you know actual homemade soup. That was a good soup conversation, but that was this was probably number number two. But did like, you, yeah, go ahead. Did you like t- talk about soup during the sermon? No, not during. Like, just you know, when you're at you know, when you're eating all the stuff that they have there, all the food and stuff. Mm-hmm. More like a memorial type thing, you know. Ah. Oh. Mm. Anyways, no one gets to hear that, and so now we're doing the same movie, but this week, and passing it off like yeah, we put in a lot of work this week. I mean, it feels weird because usually when stuff doesn't work out, even if it's like a really good movie that we both wanted to see, we're just like, eh. Yeah, we just okay. kind of ban. What was one? Did we? Did you watch Uncut Gems, or was that just me? No, we watched it. Yeah, we, did we, we not end up doing that? We just never did it. What the hell? I liked that one. <laughs> and we we also both watched parts of Groundhog Day and never did Groundhog Day, but that was good. That was a good choice. Oh, yeah, there was, like, nothing to talk about except for, like, my one note that I had written down was, like, I liked the wallpaper in his hotel room. I don't remember it at all. That's the problem. It's not a memorable movie. It's not. It's very bland. Anyways, I don't really have much to go on pre-banter-wise. It's been a pretty, like, you know, uneventful week, I'd say, in terms of, like, real-world stuff and in my own personal life. I mean, yeah. you haven't had much going on, have you? Uh, no, except for now I'm getting, like, texts from all of my relatives that are, 
like the closer the holiday comes they're like how are you are you contaminated Oh, I thought they were like asking what you want a week before nah Christmas. Oh, that's that's nice. Way to think ahead, Grandma. <laughs> that's me i keep asking people like what do you want i i don't have any ideas for you <laughs> I think I'm mostly all set, but, you know, I didn't get a lot of people's stuff because I've been home. Uh, anyways, there was a cool intro at the beginning of this episode, hopefully. Uh, that will be part of the thing now. And then I'm hoping that when, because we haven't finished it by the time this recording, but when this is out, there's a new logo art. I would hope so. Yeah. Because, you know, to update the, the thing for the new year and... get us more more into it i'm really excited about it i would just wish like i could think of something but like it's hard to think of like a visual to encapsulate this entire thing when it, it's kind of like broad it's not like we focus on one genre or something no it's just kind of like we hang out and watch something random And I I say random because like it's mostly been films, but I do want to get into TV at some point. We've been talking about a uh, Big Mouth because we we both watch that. But TV is a little more difficult to to really get the time to watch it all and talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I think shows that we both already watched, or like we start hunting for shows that have like short, shorter seasons. Yeah. Yep. Would be good because then, like, you could, I could binge watch it and then give you like my encompassing thoughts, and I wouldn't be forgetting anything, you know. Right. So that's kind of the you're gonna watch the Marvel shows, right? Because that's gonna be a bunch next year. I know you're Um, I'm, you're into them. I'm gonna watch at least some of them. Yeah, I definitely I started Agent Carter. I know that's not a new one, but right. that's just an example of one that I've started watching. WandaVision. I'm super excited about. Yeah, that's next month. I I don't think you do you watch. Cobra Kai, the the Karate Kid show. Uh, I haven't. Oh, I need to check that one out too. But yeah, that'll probably be the first show we do if we don't get Big Mouth done in time. You know, who knows? I mm. I finished it. You're about like what three episodes in or something? I like, oh uh, yeah, three episodes. I'm gonna go over to Joseph's house and watch the rest because he hates it and it amuses me that he hates it. Yeah, cool. Uh, this week we, or it was last week, but this week we are doing I Tanya. This was essentially a competitive ice skater Tanya Harding rises amongst the ranks at the U.S. Fingers, I said finger figure skating championship. <laughs> finger skating champ. Remember the the finger skates? You mean like the skateboards? Yeah, but you put your finger on them. Yeah, tech decks. Yes. I think so. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's that. I I remember them. I never had them because I was a girl and nobody bought them for me. Yeah. But um they're pretty fun. They had some Star Wars my, ones. Yeah, my guy friends had all of them and I loved them, but I would put like my Polly pockets on them. Mm. They were they were multifaceted. They're very good for like displaying stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Tanya Harding, she is a figure skater and she's like competing way high up but her future in the sport is thrown into doubt when her ex-husband intervenes this is directed by craig gillespie it wasn't really done much runtime of two hours uh i thought this was a good runtime right i had no problems with it 
No, no problems. It keeps your attention <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this one stars Margot Robbie as Tanya Harding. I really like Margot Robbie. I, she hasn't had a bad performance that I've seen. I know you haven't really dove into her most famous one so far as Harley Quinn. She's really good at that as well. I've heard only good things about her version of Harley Quinn. Uh, Sebastian Stan is Jeff Galuli, the boyfriend. He's Winter Soldier in the MCU. Is probably what he's most famous he, for. He is my favorite male actor. And you can imagine the emotional confliction I had watching this movie. Oh, then we're definitely reviewing the, the Winter Soldier show. It's coming out in March, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Julian Nicholson is Diane Rowlandson. She was the coach. Paul Walter Hauser was the was Jeff's buddy, Sean Eckhart, the security guy. Bobby Cannavale <laughs> is uh, Martin Maddox. We talked about this a little bit. It was weird that he's like in it as part of like kind of the main cast, but he never actually shows up in the story. He's just in the interviews. I kind of like that. I mean, we'll get into it more later, but it just have has a weird vibe. And then the standout performance here is Allison Janney as Lavona Golden, the mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then budget of eleven million and box office of fifty three million, which is pretty good. This is like an awards season type film where like it had a small release in the end of the year and then had a big release the year after. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then there's a few awards things. Alice and Janney won Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Margot Robbie was nominated for Best Actress. And it was also a nominee for Film Editing. I don't think the film editing was really Oscar-worthy, though. You know, kind of how it was all structured. I don't know, like, what its competitors were. Right. I mean, that definitely wasn't the main thing that I was focused on. But I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna blast for this trivia because we kind of did talk about it, but you know we're gonna talk about it again. So here we go. Allison Janney won an Oscar, but filmed her role in just eight days, which is you know pretty impressive. Yeah, that surprised the hell out of me the first time we talked about it because it's not like her role in the movie is small. In case right, it's quite ha- like anybody hasn't. Yeah, but it's just a lot of her, like, commentating on what's happening. And she's like, my storyline is dissipating. Dude, she was the queen. You know, the girl that commanded the screen more than Margot Robbie. Definitely, definitely deserving of that Oscar, I would say. Yeah, it's hard to play roles like that. And then building on that, the whole film itself was shot in 30 days, one month. Which is wild. Initially, I was super, super surprised by it. But, um, like, it's not like they go a lot of places. They still go to a few rinks and stuff, though. I feel like it's kind of big. They go to, like, they have, like, I would say, like, four, three or four main locations. So it's, like, still really impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just to like, once I had a chance to think about it, I was like, hmm, what if they judge, did just do that in like one town in Wyoming? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, Margot Robbie or any other stunt double wasn't able to do that famous triple axle thing. And it had to be done with visual effects because only like eight people in the entire world can do it, including Tanya Harding, which, you know, that was it looked like that. 
but still it's very impressive when you see it like when you figure out that Tanya was able to do it when none of these stunt doubles were able to do it yeah uh, did Margot Robbie attempt to do it at all or were they just like it's a waste of time? I think you can attempt it without hurting yourself too bad I would assume like you just fall. yeah I I would think so. I mean, like, if they could get Margot Robbie to do, like, the, what, three and a half spins, and they could go back and edit, like, the right landing, because I feel like, you, like, if you screwed up the landing, which is on, like, the outer edge of one of your, like, I think your left skate, yep. um, that would, that could be really damaging if you do it wrong. Yeah. So, I... I feel like a lot of it was done with effects. But I I mean, I we saw her fail at it a few times in the in the movie and it wasn't really like that damaging, right? Um No, it wasn't. She just like fell wrong or like landed on the wrong part of her blade. But um for someone who hasn't been in figure skating rigorously their entire life, I imagine like the mistakes they would make are far greater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie and Tanya Harding, so they met, like, she was all cool with how this was going down, how the film was going along. So they met, and they were going to skate together because Tanya was going to teach Margot some stuff. But when they met up, Robbie forgot her skates, so they never actually did anything. Very sad. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, where did they meet to skate? Because, like, most places, like, most indoor skate rinks have rental skates. Even outdoor ones have rental skates. Yeah, like, you'd imagine it'd be easy to do it. So, it's kind of weird that they never actually done anything. Or, like, they'd meet did meet up Tanya again. Just, just, like, Tanya just have one in her backyard. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Isn't she, like, no, like, they said at the end that she was just, like, a suburban mom or something. So she's not that well off. And people have like small ones in there in their backyard, or they can. Is that for real? But yeah, like Joseph has. Doesn't one. it like melt though? Not in the winter. <laughs> how do you? How do you actually do it? Actually, I don't know. I've never like I've never tried to make one. My like me and my dad wanted to. I think my mom said no. Wait, so is it is it but... open? Like or enclosed? It's just open. Like, I think you just put something on the ground, like a tarp or something, uh-huh. flatten it out, pin it down, like, get, like, a border and fill it with ice is my current understanding of how it works, which is very little. But I know that it's possible, even with, like, the fluctuating weather of Michigan. That's so weird, because, like, in the summer, it just melts to water and then freezes yeah. back up again in the winter. Or they just, like, take it down, period. Yeah, wouldn't it evaporate in the summer, I'd imagine? Yeah, like, they just have to redo it every year. Very interesting. Uh, Last one, which was my favorite one. Director Craig Gillespie, the guy who directed this. In 1993, he directed a Campbell's Soup ad starring Nancy Kerrigan, who was the other, like, prolific skater in this one. And that's where we got, Mm -hmm. like, 27 minutes of soup talk. Yeah, that was like it's an interesting starting point for sure. Um, do, <laughs> I want like I don't even want Nancy Kerrigan's 
comment on the movie. I want her comment on why she accepted a soup ad. Right. Like, as a figure skater. Like, all of Campbell's soup is, like, wildly caloric and, like, filled with sodium. It's weird because most sports people do, like, stuff like Wheaties or something. Or, you know, something more high high profile. And she's out here doing soup. But, I mean, I guess you got to get the bills paid. Yeah, how do, like, Olympic, like, athletes make money? Do they make money off of the things that they do when they're, like, training for three years? I think you get paid just to be at the Olympics in general. And when you're at the Olympics, there's, like, a ton of sponsorships and stuff. How much does, like, the organization actually pay you, though? That's a good question. I'd imagine it's quite a bit, because we know, like, major american like nfl nba type stuff they get paid a ton of money so i'd imagine olympics mm-hmm. is just as much like in the millions oh uh, yeah maybe i for some reason my first thing was to assume that they make like nothing but they're i'm assuming like they have but like I, I imagine how expensive the tickets are to go to the Olympics. Oh, like that has to be going somewhere. But then like did Margot Robbie go to the Olympics and she didn't look like super rich afterwards? Tanya Harding in, in the mm. film. So Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe they only pay you if you get like a if you like um perform to a certain standard, like maybe like tenth and up. Hmm. Yeah, but she she placed like fourth, didn't she? The time that she failed, she only went once. I thought. Oh, I thought she went it's, twice. It's been a whole could... week since we've watched this, everyone. So, like you know, chillax. <laughs> I think. No, no, no. Yeah, she went once earlier in the movie and then when she was a waitress and her old coach came back up to her and was like hey they're deciding to do it in two years instead of four years oh word yeah winter olympics and stuff and she got eight which i'm assuming like the amount if you are paid anything as a result of like your your standing then it would be like less and less the farther down Hmm. you go that's that's the whole because like, they don't really like release those numbers, do they? As far as I can remember, because I know they do release numbers for like how much NBA and NFL stars get paid and stuff like that, but Olympic stars and like I can't imagine figure skating is a a jackpot of money. No, I wouldn't think so either. But um, I like. I guess nobody cares about that and like nobody really wants to release the numbers that people are like paying people to re- represent a country. Oh, yeah. Cuz there's always going to I feel like there'd be a lot of controversy like oh you're not paying them nearly enough. This is ridiculous. They're pushing themselves for 4 years and then they're getting two pennies or people are going to think they're getting too much because they're not actively like competing. My man Jamal is representing the entirety of Chad and he is not getting paid. So what's up with that? All of Chad. <laughs> That's my favorite African country just because it's like a name of a regular person. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. 
see, like, yeah, I don't think they get paid a lot, if anything. Right, right. This is interesting. That's a very, very interesting concept. Because, like, you, you never really hear about it, either. You hear about, like, other people with awards stuff, like, uh, people that compete with Oscars and sports game like Super Bowls and stuff, but, like, not the Olympics. It's a lot more niche mm-hmm. stuff at the Olympics, too. Not basketball and football and, yeah. and such. I mean, I think the Olympics are just going to keep getting longer and longer because they keep adding more sports. Oh, yo, speaking of the Olympics, so they were supposed to be this year, right? One of them? I have I have no idea. I have not been... Com- keep. I never keep right, up with so it. So it was like Winter Olympics in 2018, and they were supposed to do Summer Olympics this year. So is their whole schedule thrown off now? Like, now instead of uneven numbers, it's on odd numbers? Or do they just wait till 2022? Are they going to wait till 2022? Or are they just going to go every five years? Or just gonna, are they just going to pretend like 2020 never happened? I would wait, I would like wait another year. Because if they're financially able to, just because, like, we don't know how it's going to be next year. And Olympics is a big gathering, especially a summer Olympics. So I would postpone another year. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, mean, I honestly have no idea. I guess it would depend on the location, too. Do you know where, like, the next Olympics, Olympics was supposed to be? I think it was, no, Rio, they already did Rio. I think it was Tokyo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was. I remember. And Tokyo feels that. like a really condensed place to not be doing in a pandemic. Yeah, high populations. I think they're like, in terms of controlling it, I've heard good things, but, you know, I have absolutely do you no watch, idea. Do you watch I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. Like the winter or the summer ones? I've watched a bit of winter, and I think I've tuned in some of summer, but like winter is definitely the one I've prefer just because they have weirder stuff in the winter one i mean i always got bored so i would watch like i don't know a half hour of figure skating because i used to figure skate and i was slightly interested and then i would just get bored and i would leave speaking of of you figure skating why don't you dive into that and like how you why you wanted to watch this one this film specifically Oh, well, yeah, I liked, I've watched this film before, and I really liked it, and it kind of, like, it makes me regret stopping, because the the reason why I stopped was, like, half medical and half me just having anxiety, so I have a bone growth on my ankle, it just looks like my ankle is pregnant, it's nothing Mm. special, Um, and, like, it wouldn't it developed from me figure skating. I don't know how. Maybe it's like the structure of the skate. It's been a long time since I've been to the doctor for it. But it like it would push on my on like the nerves underneath the bone that had developed in a way that just made it too hard to skate. Hmm. Like it was too painful. And then I was getting pretty good. I scout I like skipped one or two like levels of class that you were supposed to take. And the next level that I was supposed to go up to before I quit was like competing 
which is just basically like dancing solo on the ice in front of a hundred people. And I was so scared of that, mm-hmm. that um, I just couldn't do it. But looking back on it now, like I miss it a lot. Like, and just like, I'm a, I'm a theater technician, right. but th- like, I would always, that would be the one thing that I would be totally comfortable doing a performance in now like in retrospect so it just kind of sucks that i was stupid and i skipped out on it and what what time frame is this age-wise i figure skated from two to twelve not wow two years old i think yeah two years old is when i learned how to Hmm. skate i think yeah because she started at like four Yeah. yeah she was yeah she was really young like three or four super coordinated like i think i started taking classes when i was maybe three and a half four and i know because we have like boxes of all my figure skates and there's there's these ones that are just so tiny that's absolutely wild to me because you start to walk at like when do you when do is it age one or is it before that I feel like a lot of babies are starting earlier now. Well, yeah, in that general yeah, time like, frame of the first year. So it's weird. A little bit before. So by it's, after, it's yeah. fascinating that by year two, you're already balancing yourself on these thin skates on ice. I mean, yeah, like my dad would hold my hand. It was mostly like me holding my, me holding my dad's hand when I was really young and he would like he would do all of the like heavy lifting and i was just learning how to like balance Hmm. and glide yeah i i never skated until we had to go on a a field trip to one for school and i think those are the only times i've gone it was so our like field trips maybe just that one time and i was really bad at it i got a lot of people who were really bad at it i grew up assuming that everybody just knew how to figure skate or not figure skate, but just learned how to like skate. I thought it was like riding a bike. So when we went on that, when my grade went on that field trip and all of your brother's friends were like falling on yeah. their asses and like nothing has ever made me more happy. But I was so surprised. I was like, why didn't anybody teach Yeah, me let me tell you, this? it is significantly less fun when you don't know how to like skate at all. And you have to go on a trip and you just have to claim that railway unless you're like somewhat good. Mhm. Yeah, like I was trying to teach some of my closer friends and they're just like they're frustrated cuz they keep falling and the more frustrated you get the more the like the less likely you are to absorb what you're being right. told. So like they they just wouldn't get it and they would get mad. So I so I would get mad and I would like Cuz like off. you had this thing where you were cradled into it. You know how we with bikes do where we start with like trikes training wheels then full-on bike you had a similar like evolution with figure skating so you didn't have to have that immediate frustration while trying to learn because it was very you start off and then you kind of adapt where a lot of us where like if you're older and never figure skated it's very tough yeah i mean like it's like when you start that young it's really built into how you move but now like you're older and you like your how you coordinate yourself is different and just like learning physical stuff like that 
is more frustrating when you're older anyway because now you're more like cognizant of your mistakes right you've already kind of molded into what you are physically for the most part so it's weird to try these new things that are kind of you have to adapt differently like i'd imagine riding a bike when you're like if you start riding a bike when you're like 14 it'd be really tough yeah, a lot of people that don't know how to ride their bike uh, or a bike are, like, really sensitive about it for that reason. That's, like, it, you feel like you should have known, and now that you, like, are a fully grown person, it's so much more difficult. It's just, like, if you are a parent and you have the opportunity to teach your kid how to ride a bike and you don't, that is, like, you should. It should be an obligation if you're, like, able to. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I feel like you're losing a large part of the cultural zeitgeist of America if you're not, if you don't know how to do something that's like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyways, so you have a decent knowledge of the sport, right? The figure skating? Yeah, pretty much. I didn't go, like, super high, but I think I'm pretty good. At knowing things or describing Ooh, things. This is my... I've never seen this one before. This was, the, this was my first watch. And I am very unfamiliar with figure skating. Besides, like, playing it. I had Wii Sports, like, one of the offshoots. And there was a figure skating on that one. It's <laughs> so, like, I remember <laughs> stuff from that. But, you know. Dude, I need that. I just found my Wii, too. Yeah, dude. The, the Wii Sports offshoots are actually, like... They're, obviously, the Wii Sport is classic, right? You can't beat it. But the Wii Sports offshoots are pretty good because they give you, like, 16 sports or something. Oh, yeah. I've seen other people play them as a joke. And, honestly, the worst part is the, like, Nintendo brand, like, Wii remote accessories that you're supposed to buy. Yeah, what did them. I? I had Deca Sports or something. And then I didn't have Wii Sports Resort like everyone else. But I I think I got it a few years ago to a garage sale and just never played it because at that point, the Wii was long past retired. Dope mm-hmm. soundtracks on those, too. Yeah, like, the the general Wii theme is still, like, it still holds up oh, and everything, does, sure. but there are definitely some underrated like, um out there as well. I'm trying to think of good, I think the bowling theme's pretty good and the boxing one, too. Yeah, that was super iconic on Vine. Yeah. I want especially because there was a lot of Wii bowling themed content on there. We should for a just while. watch a Wii Sports compilation and do an episode on that. Honestly, <laughs> or just like Vine compilations. That's all I would watch for like years. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think of this one? I think I like the way it's structured. Same. For sure. That's definitely one thing that I noticed a lot. Um, I like, I just, it's filmed like an, it's just like an actual documentary. It feels like an actual documentary. But um, with a lot more F-bombs. I really like this movie. I think it's super well done. And the fact that it was done in 30 days is is like ridiculous to me. This is your third watch or fourth watch? third yeah third or fourth i 
I really can't remember because I've definitely at least thought about watching getting up at three in the morning. And when was your was movie. your first watch like when it came out or down the line? When was that? Maybe like within six months of it coming out on hmm. on Hulu. All right. So it's been on Hulu for a bit. Uh, yeah, it's been on Hulu for at least. When when did this movie even come out? Late 2017, early 2018. Oh yeah, then it's been on Hulu for a while now. I've probably it's watched dope. it like four yeah. times. I mean, there's a lot of biopics out there. People just they keep loving to make these. We're, we're probably gonna get like ten in the next two or three years, but like this one is. I like how you said about the structure, how it's like the office documentary style, but not like a parody where it actually feels like a doc. Yeah. I like that as well. It gave a lot more like intriguing, especially when they get into like the incident and they're all mysterious about it. You know? Oh yeah. I really like that part. And also just how, like how the characters react to the story being told. Like how I said earlier, her mom complaining that she wasn't in this, in this particular part of the storyline. Right. It's got like cool manic energy to it, but it's also kind of calm and they're collected. It's weird, but I dig it. Yeah, it makes you anxious when they're just sitting there. They're trying to like protect their name, even though it's like long gone and over. Yeah. As for the, the the regular stuff in the film, it's it's good. I I had a lot of fun. I like Margot Robbie in this a lot. A lot of the performances are the clear highlight. I don't have a huge interest in figure skating, and I still don't. But it's it's cool to see her kind of like because we we we're in a small town right now, you know. It's cool to see someone from like the mm-hmm. small town very country hick get into this more prestige like this feels like if someone from Armada you know the hick town went to the more prestigious town we used to Jesus school and stuff you know oh yeah for sure um it's just real it really feels nice even if she's not representing the quote-unquote best part of America for her to like continue fighting to be herself like even when she made her own costume and she's like um, oh should I put more bows should I put more ruffles like that she still was unequivocally herself even if she wasn't meaning to be but she was constantly like fighting yeah. tooth and nail to get rid of this yes, the whole like, class stigma. divide feature like, that plays into this one very interesting as someone who is in a, I wouldn't say super low, like redneck place, but you know, you know the drift. That those type of small town American vibes. Oh yeah, especially for like that time period, they did they did no sugarcoating in that movie. I mean, can you imagine being the actual Tanya Harding and watching this movie where? Like these virtual strangers replay your abuse. I could not do it. I imagine she didn't. I wouldn't be. But able it's to a, it's it. a good story for what it is, and not very like glossy Hollywood type biopic, which happens. I hope this movie gave the actual Tanya some closure. Yeah, it, wouldn't it be weird to like, just see your whole life played out like that? 
Yeah, especially because it doesn't... The movie is really good at not picking a side, which is, which, like, an obvious example would be, like, how there's just a random reporter is being interviewed because he was alive when it happened. Or because he was reporting on it. He had absolutely no other role in the story except for he was interviewed because he was publishing stuff on it. And... They never pick sides. They never pick the boyfriend side, Tanya's side, their mom's side, the skater, the skating society side, or um, Nancy's side. It's just like these are the things that happened, and now, like they are currently trying to protect this legacy as they commentate yeah. this documentary. It's it's very well done, especially I like also the unreliable narrator aspect of it, where. Like, one person will tell the story one way, and then someone else will chime in and kind of shift how the tone and stuff to make themselves look better. Yes, those are the words that I was trying to search for. It's, yeah, so I maybe I was too harsh on the editing not being, like, Oscar-worthy, because the whole structure here, very well put together. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, what else can I talk about? Performances. What's your your general take on most of these? Um, my current impre- my impression of Sebastian Stan yeah. is like basically just teddy bear. Even though like he plays the Winter Soldier and everything else, like, and I know it doesn't affect like how they are in real life doesn't affect their performance at all. But the for my first time watching it. Because I was already so attached to that actor, was right. like devastating. <laughs> he did a really good job. Like that ruined all fan fiction of Sebastian Stan for me for a while, and that was good. Like he's just done. No more <laughs> fan fics. Stan X reader. <laughs> Don't remind me of my sins, Joshua. God. Uh, what's the other one that I really like that's underrated? The the friend. He feels kind of like the the bodyguard friend Sean. Yeah, he feels a weirdly like parts of it, like at the incident part where he's just like full on crazy, feel kind of like it's a little exaggerated. But if that is actually what happened in that style, like very intriguing that that really happened. I that's like what I was thinking because I feel like. That's not an uncommon character trope to have, right. but like this is a true story, and the fact that real people who are actually like that are out there is just insane to me. Well, that really came to, to light this year, though. You know, people really showed some of their their weirdest things. I saw something on Twitter where this guy's like, "So me and my girlfriend have been quarantined, and about like a month in, she starts using a Jar Jar voice." And as time progresses in quarantine, she progressively starts talking more like Jar Jar Binks. You know who Jar Jar Binks is from Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Like Misa, Yusa, stuff like that. Yes. And so it, it gets to a point where, like, friends and family, she's talking to them. His boss, like, Jar Jar. And it's... It was supposed to be, like, actually real. Like, this actually happened. I'm like, this is so fascinating that... That just these self isolation can really break people that act so cartoonish and bizarre. 
Oh, yeah. And you can tell Sean has been super isolated and his parents are uninvolved, like reluctant and uninvolved. And his, his character is so is explained so well in so little words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's so funny in this, too, at times. I I was having so much fun with him, especially when Sebastian stands like freaking out over everything he's doing. And he's acting like he's the smartest dude ever. My favorite part of, like, any scene that Sean was in, where, like, really late in the movie, when he's being interviewed by, like, FBI agents in the press. Yeah. And they're like, you don't work for any, like, top secret security agencies. We check. And he's like, no, but I do. Just for five minutes. That's all that he said. Did you see that in the credits, too? That was the scene of him they include, like, in the credits they do a bunch of real-life footage. And the real-life footage of Sean is that scene. No, I didn't get, I didn't know there were after credits. I've never watched this No, it was before. just part of the credits. No, it was part of the credits? Yeah, like, no, I didn't even watch, I didn't watch the credits at all. Yeah. Because I, I was really running short on time. Like, I finished the movie, the credits popped up, and I think I called you right after that. Nice. Nice, but now you have tons of that. Um, yeah, it was it was really I like doing that with biopics and stuff because they usually show like footage of the the people, and I like seeing how visually they contrast with like the actors that play them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the scene of real life Sean that they used it was him like <laughs> saying that he's part of this uh, big government agency or something. No, like, that character is played so well, and it's just, like, ridiculous enough to be believable. And that it kind of reminds me of Chester from Jimmy Neutron for some reason. Right. Like, I'm I'm getting those vibes. I think that's his name. But... <laughs> I'm tracking, but I've also never seen Jimmy Neutron, so I'm not at all following Dude, you haven't seen it? No. Well, I guess that was that was I know you're only a year younger than me, but I feel like between 2003 and 2004 there was a lot of like cultural changes in terms of child. I knew about it. Media. I thought it looked like weird, you know? Like but yeah, nobody watched it like after 2000 like 2002, I feel like. As a kid, I just didn't see the appeal, you know, visually. As a kid, like you go for the cartoons that you think look cool and fun. Uh, like I don't know why I watched it because I don't remember like laughing my ass off or anything, and I thought it was disgusting looking, but I loved it. That's so weird. Didn't they do like a a Fairy Odd Parents type crossover thing? I'm pretty sure they did. I feel maybe in like 2015. Remember when they did the live action Fairy Odd Parents like Nickelodeon movie? Oh, with like Drake Bell. Yeah, with Drake Bell. <laughs> Why did they? Yeah, I, I only have ever watched the Christmas version. Oh, they're not terrible. There's two. It's just like, yeah, there's multiple movies for sure. Oh god. But um, like I know Drake is a better actor than that, so it's just. And I didn't think at the time he was written particularly terrible. I mean, I'm sure I would say differently now. But I just couldn't figure out why the acting was so bad. 
when I had watched Drake and Josh my entire childhood. And, and let me ask you this. Though. It was, Wouldn't it be a fascinating, like, see? I don't know if it'd be YouTube or podcast or something, if you get two people from our generation, like the last generation to really have network television before the shift over to, like, streaming and stuff, and kind of just take a look back at these final, like, big shows that were hits. Mm-hmm. Because that would be so much fun to do, to go back and watch some of these ones. Oh, yeah, because, like, it's like when I rewatched Flapjack for the first time, and then it made me realize why some of the our generation is the way it is. Was that the purple guy? No, that was Chowder. They were the same, they were the same era, but Chowder was an apprentice for a chef, and it was a whole other thing. Who was Flapjack? Flapjack. Flapjack was the little blonde white boy who followed around the blue pirate and lived in a whale called Bubby who has a weird like mother like a motherly friendship with him. I remember the name but everything you're describing I cannot visually picture it. That's what we should do. We should do season one of Flapjack <laughs> I just... on the podcast. Too. Yeah I mean, we, we, we can you know we can go back and watch these. But that would be because it's it sucks. I have a ten year old brother. You have a younger sister, right? Eight year old. Yeah, she's ten eleven. Yeah, so we have like the same age, younger siblings, and they're. Mm-hmm. I don't know about your sister, but my brother is not at all attuned with like network television, and what he does watch is just like the, his two or three favorite shows that they just keep playing over and over again. Like he's really into the Gumball Show. Uh, that's I feel like that's pretty good in terms of his age range because I watched that a lot when I was younger. Right, but he doesn't he doesn't but, experiment um, with new stuff like we I watched like a bunch of random Disney Channel sitcoms, you know, like mm-hmm. like you you'd think a, a little dude wouldn't want to watch Live and Maddie, but I was watching Live and Maddie, bro. <laughs> like essentially, they just play reruns of like Gumball and the Teen Titans thing and SpongeBob and Nick. It's like kind of the the main three. Other than that, he's yeah, streaming. Like re- yeah, yeah. Like the reasons why we got into new shows is because we were waiting for the shows that we already liked to come on. Yeah, and now you just have on and- like just this on demand. You can have it whenever you want. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. Ella watches a lot of YouTube. She has Disney Plus on her tablet. Mm-hmm. The thing that she's really into is she loves Tim Burton movies. <laughs> uh, it feels problematic, but also cool. She like she loves um, Corpse Bride. That's her favorite. Yeah, one. I'm leaning towards so problematic. She... <laughs> I don't know why she likes it. I've been meaning to like ask her why or like watch it with her and kind of like get into why, but. Um... She's like she's kind of a spooky spooky little child. She likes like if my dad finds a raccoon trying to eat our chickens, he kills the raccoon and Ella's like the first one to walk out there to see it. Oh. Like she's she's always been that way. Have you watched any horror yet or not not into it? No, my parents won't let her like if I'm watching a horror movie then Ella and I describe what's happening, Ella will go, Why can't I watch it? Oh, my family's extremely like, horror averse to hate it. My mom likes horror movies. Um 
they she just doesn't like clowns so she never took me to see it which came out around the time where i was like oh my god all i want to do is watch horror movies i'm quirky and different yeah when she i like i when i first got into it like last year because it literally was that long before i started watching them it, it's fun at first but then the more you watch it like a lot of these are the same in terms of structure and stuff so you kind of yeah just kind of fade out and watch them occasionally like i i try so hard to watch a bunch during october and halloween just because you know fun but it, it gets difficult after like your your 10th one yeah i mean i've only watched a handful and you can already see that that's the case i mean that's the reason why i genuinely liked the first evil dead movie is because it feels authentic when you go into a theater and watch a current horror movie the chances of you having that feeling are very very low there's so much bad like studio horror nowadays it's it's actually upsetting you know and the few ones we were supposed to get this year like that were supposed to be good like quiet place and conjuring just got chopped so yeah like i don't even know who those are for like 12 year olds i don't (laughs) i don't get it i don't understand oh the studio horrors yeah yeah it feels very blumhouse just trying to capitalize on the young teen market Mm -hmm. but even the young teens like i've never met anybody who genuinely liked any of those types of movies like everybody thinks they're garbage which makes me think now that everybody knows that everybody thinks they're garbage unless you are a horror movie fanatic then like wouldn't you want to focus more and like at least if not the quality of your films just like redefining your target audience a little bit right but they do make a ton of money you have to think these low budget studio horrors you just have to get us a somewhat notable template get a star or two, throw $7 million at it, and you're making money. Yeah, that's what's so disappointing. That's, like, one of the really, like, gross side effects of everybody hate-watching stuff now. Mm -hmm. Because even, like, a lot of those horror movies, like, a lot of my friends would, like, go, oh, um, I'm going to see this movie... It's going to be terrible. I'm so excited. Which is different than... Like, because they go into it thinking that it's just going to be, like, haha, funny, bad. But then it's, like, actually bad and the entertainment in it is actually hating it. But you're still giving them money and the content is never going to get better. Exactly. Because they don't don't care how you feel about it as long as you buy it. Yeah. It's also... Have you noticed that, like, most films before, obviously you know, pandemic and the rise of streaming can change stuff. But in terms of the theatrical releases of the past, like, 10 years, a lot of it was either super low budget, like Blumhouse horror type, or blockbuster trying to make the budget as high as possible so they can make a billion dollars now. There's not a lot of mid-budget stuff, like $50 million and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I find that really fascinating that they stopped really making those. Now those are more like Netflix originals that are those budgets. Yeah. Netflix originals, I feel like, I mean, they used to be really hit or miss, at least for me, but I feel like they've been getting progressively better. They're extremely hit or miss for me still. Yeah. Like, for me, like, my Netflix originals are, like, I think Orange is a New Black 
is a Netflix original. If it's not, I'm sorry. Oh, the, I'm talking about the um, films. I think the shows are usually pretty pretty solid. Um, like their original mm-hmm. films that they make, they're they're either complete garbage or actually pretty decent. Yep, I agree. Like I haven't seen as many Netflix. I can't think of any Netflix original movies that I've seen. Is Lobster a Netflix original? That is not a Netflix original. Okay, I just it had the same vibe of something that could be. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Itanya? It's a good movie. <laughs> I was just about to say, we went on like a twenty-minute. That's what. <laughs> side. That's rant. what happens. We just have to make peace with it at this point. You know, we're twenty-two in. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's time I... to just kind of accept it. I mean, I like it came out a while ago. I feel like. A lot of the movies that we we talk about aren't like super current, so it's not like people would care yeah. if we divulge for a second. Right. Um, do you have anything really else to add that's significant? Like, I don't have too many negatives. Besides, you know, some of it goes a little camp, especially with the the incident where it feels kind of tonally inconsistent. You know, but at the same time, like, because yeah. I know I'm grasping when I'm watching that this is a real event. So when it gets a little more comical and absurd, it kind of loses me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, I kind of made peace with that, but I also get get what you're saying. And it's, and it's not a perfect movie because of that. Uh, I have weird mixed feelings about when. What is Sebastian Stan's character's name? Do you remember? I, I wrote it down. Jeff Galuli. So when Jeff and Sean meet at the Chinese restaurant at midnight, right. that like parts of that scene, I I feel like could have been done a little bit better. So that's probably like simultaneously my least favorite and my most favorite scene for different reasons interesting yeah i don't really have that many specific problems i think it's pretty solid you know i would definitely check it out again but it's not like something i'm craving to rewatch right now oh yeah for sure um you want to rate this thing the the one thing that i have to say before we rate this thing is this is totally this is totally something stupid but the one inaccurate part of this movie is that figure skaters flash their audience constantly because it's inevitable because of how the costumes are structured. But that just didn't happen a lot in this movie. Is that for real? Like, yeah, for but real. But it's like, is it, like, it's not young, is it? I know there's a lot of young figure skaters and that'd be kind of gross. So it just depends on the costume, but there was like I used to go to like competitions and watch. Right. And it just depends on the costume. But for some like costumes, it's not like full coverage under there, even though it should be. So like it doesn't like yeah, like it's not like the younger you are, the more um it's a more like covered, uh, covered like the underneath the skirt is because it has to like you have to have something underneath the skirt because the skirt is like two inches long and it's meant to like go everywhere. Yeah, hopefully they fix that because it feels kind of gross in the wrong circumstances. Yeah, 
Honestly, I have my skating uniform in my closet right now, and I want to check <laughs> because, yeah, like it's the skirt is super short, which is it's supposed to be, and then it's just like bathing suit bottoms underneath. But sometimes the bathing suit bottom thing doesn't fit well, <laughs> and that's like I figured. Yeah. I went into that movie the first time thinking that that was going to be something that happened just because that seems like it would fit with the vibe yeah, of the movie. for sure. But I was kind of surprised when it didn't, but it's totally an arbitrary detail that doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it was cool that you, you picked this up and you actually know a decent amount about how stuff goes. Gives a new light to it that yeah. I didn't get from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, this movie is always going to hit different with me, no matter, like, if you hated it or not. Right. Uh, so let's rate this thing. Uh, what, you, what you got? Final thoughts and just, you know, your rating. Honestly, like, five stars. There's nothing about this movie that I that I don't like. I'm going to go a little lower. Like, I'm going to go four. Okay. You know, solid. Very solid. Mm-hmm. I would probably go up next time I watched it. I really like, again, how it's all filmed and stuff. The fact that this was 30 days and, you know, what's an awards contender is pretty cool. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. But again, I don't have the connection to the, the sport like you do. And I try not to, like, affect the connection that I have with, like, a film or TV yeah. show in, like, the ratings. But something that it's just very my type of movie and it is like like outside of the movie like the trivia is super interesting and like i just think it's an amazing movie that i will keep watching forever and i feel that (laughs) it's very very good um we don't have any sequel stuff to talk about no this is very much Oh, Besides Nancy's thing. soup ad, which is you know top tier, I do want to watch it. Could you, could you consider that a prequel? That would be a prequel, I'd imagine. <laughs> but uh, we we should pick what we're doing next because their Christmas is next week, right? Next fr- Friday. Christmas is in like yeah. six days. So. There's two movies dropping, and I want to review one of them. I want to talk about one of them. So there's. Someone just pulled up to my house, but anyways, there's Wonder Woman 1984. We did the first Wonder Woman, you know, it's a big blockbuster, it could be a lot of fun. Or there's a new Pixar movie, Soul, which is like one of the awards contenders. And like, if we watch it, it'll definitely be good. But I don't know which one are you leaning towards. I'm honestly leaning towards Wonder Woman. I definitely want to do Soul eventually. I'm not like ruling that out. Um, especially because I feel like, or maybe I'm just missing it, but it's kind of really underhyped. Like, they did a few ads maybe a year and a half ago, and I haven't heard anything about it. Because it was supposed to come out, yeah, everything got delayed, but Wonder Woman had a ton more marketing than Soul. Yes, for sure. Which, um, it kind of surprised me just because of how big that company is. But I think I'm leaning towards Wonder Woman that, for now. That next works week. for me. I'm going to be watching both anyways, just because huge DC fan. You know, I got that DC Instagram that I do. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be sure talking about like there that. anyways. But uh, I'm also watching Soul because 
it looks really good. And I'm very intrigued. I love Pixar. I watched all of them like early before Onward came out. And very so- there's mm-hmm. not very many films in that, that filmography that are weak. Like only one or two. Oh, so yeah, very, very sure. hyped for that. And then what's the other thing? We need to, you need to watch Wolf Walkers that I, I sent you the Apple info. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will start that probably. Remember when I, I sent you last year the Netflix film about the hand? Oh. Like, it's it's yes. that good. Oh, okay. But it, it's not as, like, indie. It's it's It feels indie in terms of animation style and stuff, but, like, the story is very Disney or Pixar. Does it have a similar animation style to, like, the hand thing? To the hand thing? It looks better. It's one of it's probably the it's my favorite movie of the year and the best looking visually. Like okay, it's I'll fascinating, and I've never really seen their other film, so I guess it was completely new to me. In love with it, man. But uh, yeah, Wonder Woman next week. I will be watching on Christmas. I think we could record like Saturday or Sunday afterwards. Probably Sunday. Give give some time. Wait. When like where is it HBO be Max. available? And it's not like oh, okay. it's not the uh, Milan thing where they make you pay extra. Yeah, so they're okay, they're dropping cool. their whole slate next year on HBO Max, Warner Brothers. So we can Ooh. review some of those as, as they because they they sprinkle them out throughout the whole year. There's a few like ones that would be fun, like Tom and Jerry. They're making a Tom and Jerry movie. Uh, oh. Joseph is not pleased about that, but I'm yeah. honestly the the Space Jam sequel with LeBron James, um, <laughs> Matrix Four, uh, Dune, mm-hmm. the with with Timothy Chalamet, your favorite. <laughs> I, he's fine. I just I don't uh, care the Suicide for Squad with uh, your other favorite Pete Davidson. Yes, yeah, I'm so excited! Bro. I forgot about um, that. What else is there? Godzilla vs Kong. Which will be? I'm so pissed that I'm not seeing that in the theater. Hypothetically, like yeah. right now, I'm I'm imagining that I won't be able to go see it in the theater, and that makes me so angry. But uh, yeah. Wait, I have a question. Did you see the? I think it was just called Kong Skull Island movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Hiddleston? That's the only. I know there's like a MonsterVerse. I've seen just that one. I haven't seen the Godzilla ones. Yeah, I thought like it was it? good. I think people hate on it now. It's it's fine. It's fun. I I liked it. That was like the first, I don't know, monster movie I'd ever really seen in that regard. I, think I thought it was cool. Kong but is a little big, <laughs> but it's mostly just because he needs to be big enough to fight Godzilla. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Wonder Woman. So after one, that's why they did Wonder Woman. And before it even came out where they could check the numbers and be like, oh, this was a shitty idea. This was a good idea. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's drop the whole slate. And a lot of people are mad about it. We'll be, mm-hmm. we'll be doing that, man. Do you have anything else to add? Not at the moment. I'm sure I'll think of something as soon yeah. as we stop recording. Uh, leave a review on Apple. I didn't check, but we probably don't have any. If we do, then we'll have one for Wouldn't next that be good? That'd be a good Christmas present, you know, an actual thing. I'm dragging on. I'm dragging on. Uh, mm-hmm. thanks, for, thanks for joining me, Summer. This was a good movie. <laughs> good pick. 
Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited for next week. Sweaty Sauce signing out. (laughs) Bye.